we are bringing live breaking news coverage for you. Before we join our regularly scheduled program, we are going to drop in on a live press conference being held at the offices of the Touch Agency. The company spokesperson is speaking to reporters about the rumored sale of the Touch Agency to Amazon. We join the press conference already in progress. Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. Woman in green here in the front. What's your question? Can you confirm rumors that the Touch Agency has sold to Amazon? Look, I can only say there may have been some talks, but I will also say this. Amazon is not the only suitor looking at the touch agency. There's also been some great interest on the part of Taco Bell. By Taco Bell, you mean Pepsi? No, I mean the Taco Bell on the corner just across the street from the office. The employees there, oddly enough, pooled their money from, like, I guess the tip jar, and the price is right. So, look, I don't want to gloat. But we may have a bidding war about to break out here. Wall Street is reporting the purchase price from Amazon was $13,700. Is this true? What? Are you serious? $13,700. I mean, that number is ridiculous. I, I think reasonable people who know anything at all about the touch agency would agree that number's high. <laughs> Way too high for what they'd be really buying here. I mean, have you met any of us? This is why the press is so difficult. Next question. If the purchase goes through, how would it impact the culture at the Touch Agency? Well, I did a lot of thinking about that. I suspect our lingering team hugs would be, would be out fairly quickly. What we call our circle of celebration. And that's not a practice that outsiders would really understand. Follow-up question? That sounds horrendous. How long do those typically last? Only 40 minutes. Only 40 minutes. Welcome to the Natural Underground, the radio show and podcast dedicated to the natural food industry. Joining me in the studio today... I didn't mean to glare at you. I've been uh, you're probably here just, at you. we're all embarrassed after that opening. I don't know what that, the I'm fake sorry. press conference was. It was terrible. Fake? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was not Breaking news. the best bit maybe we've ever considered. <laughs> but, you know, it's something to do. Hey, welcome. This show is sponsored by the Touch Agency, a, a business dedicated to helping emerging brands do all their wonderful stuff in sales and marketing and build their brand out. Uh, I mentioned Jess and Ryan there. Maybe I didn't mention you guys. Fresh out of <laughs> Who prison. Who knows anymore? <laughs> fresh out of prison right here. Just Ryan, why were you in both prison? Both of us were in prison? Uh, different prisons, sure. Yeah. Why were you there, Ryan? I'm not allowed to talk about it. Yeah, mm. you know, witness protection. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. I was testing you. What were you in for, Jessalyn? Uh, uh, insider trading. <laughs> oh, good. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I know Martha Stewart did that. Right? Yeah, that's right. She that's did. Right. Look, we have a great show, despite that opening and whatever babble we just laid down there <laughs> for the uh, recording. One of the co-founders of, you know, we try so hard to have interesting entrepreneurs on this show. People building. For some brands. reason, people come onto this show. I don't. Well, it's know money. Why. I think it's pay. At this point, we may have to start paying. But <laughs> uh, but we were lucky. We are lucky to have one of the co-founders of Bitsy's Brain Food, a really delicious, very nutritious. In fact, made with veggies and fruit and all kinds of things. Uh, kid snacks, right? So they have cereal, cookies, and crackers. And we've got one of the co-founders, Maggie, on uh, with us today in the studio. When we also have Channing, who is the director of field marketing. So she's really out kind of brand building all over the country and, mm-hmm. sa- and does sales as well. So that will be fun. We're going to learn all about their delicious snacks. And we're going to get into the topic of topics in the natural food industry. This might be like the most important thing that's happened since we've done this show, right? It might. It, it Other might, than all my like plays and yes, thoughts things and things that you self-promote. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Real Madrid won a Champions League title. 
Uh, that was very important. And if you don't, Two, actually, yeah, Ryan is knee deep in the world of international soccer. I know, soccer, and I, so. I bought him a book. I, I bought you a present. Did. What, what, I didn't text back it? fast enough, so she told me she wasn't going to buy it for me. But I'd, or, I'd already bought it. Um, <laughs> well, I was listening to Revisionist History, which is a podcast with Malcolm Gladwell, mm-hmm. and he was talking about the he business. works out of my gym. Well, why didn't you get the book oh, from so him? But he was talking about a book called... Um, Oh no! Wow, that was good. Did you see her? Did you see that? She was going to drop some intellectual nonsense on us. Well, they were talking about absolutely nowhere. It's a book about data in soccer, right? Yeah, they were talking about how if you rather than uh, and how this doesn't translate to other sports like basketball, but like your money is much better spent buying a few good players rather than spending your money on On one amazing superstar player and how statistically you would win more games. And so I thought that was interesting. Mm. How did you order the book? Did you order it? I on? ordered it on Amazon. Oh, what a transition. Wow. I know. Wow. And That's it's called Ryan. <laughs> it's yes, called yes. the numbers game. Why everything you know about soccer is wrong. Okay. Oh, man. I disagree fundamentally with the premise, but thank goodness I was able to use yeah, my this app. Is right and up your alley. Pull it up. You it love is. stuff like this. Yeah, I'm going to love yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love Sounds it. pretty interesting. Well, speaking of Amazon, yeah. it's the See longest transition? Da- da- darn transition yeah. on earth. <laughs> uh, we're going to Jump in. We debated a lot whether to talk to, speak to some of the possible implications, ramifications, whatever the right word is, for the Amazon altercations, altercations anything, mm-hmm. vacations, <laughs> staycations. Um, let's just do this for the rest of the next stop. three minutes. Let's just, That's let's right. just do vacations. We wanted to talk about the and join everyone else on earth who's weighed in on the Amazon purchase of Whole Foods Market mm-hmm. and find are there four or five. Uh, interesting things to kind of say, well, that there's some provocative thoughts as to how things will change. Yeah. And so we're going to put that out in our last segment. And we're going to be joined by a uh, partner in the touch agency, president of the sales side of the touch agency, Aaron Henderson, mm-hmm. who's a nice gentleman from the Pacific Northwest. He might be wearing a sweater. We won't be able to see it because he's on the phone. He usually he's wears a, lot of, uh, a very, very fashionable man. Yes, he is. Yeah. It's like a Banana Republic model every time I see him. I think it looks like, like uh, Matt, Matt Lauer, Lauer wearing, did a yeah. Banana Republic ad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> hey, before before we take our first break, we always try and do a little segment that we call Pie Hole. Time's wasting, don't you know? Put something tasty in my old pie hole. That's right. Hola. Hola. <laughs> All right, so what we do, and we'll do it quickly because we don't have a ton of time. Uh, we talk about the products that we're sort of putting in our pie hole this week. Ooh. The one I know sounds painful. Yep. It sounds Ooh. painful. No, no, no. You got to have warning for something like that happens. Let me take over this part. Yeah. Okay, you Al's, go ahead. Al's taking this in a direction that yes. no one wants. I'm sorry. Well, go I ahead. was thinking it's so hot outside. Yes. Like in Phoenix, the planes aren't taken off. No. People are just shriveling up. I'm not sure what's happening there. It's really hot here. So I thought, what if we do a theme of like, what are you doing to stay cool? Okay. Um, Ryan, this is great for drinking, which is something you might enjoy. Water, yeah, that's what you're referring to, correct? Yeah, water. You love water. You just go out with your friends, get a water. Mm -hmm. I'm going to kick it off. I'm super into something called social ice, which are wine-infused, like, popsicles. They're... That's your new breakfast, isn't it? Delicious. Yeah, Yeah, morning, afternoon, doesn't matter. Um, If you don't like sangria or wine, this might not be for you, but if you do, they're so delicious. They're really good, really refreshing. Maybe just get a little bit of a buzz by the pool. Um, so you can look them up online at socialize.com. 
Cool. Real, real good. Ryan, what's your uh, product of the week? So my product is Iconic, a protein drink uh, founded by a buddy of mine named Billy Bosch. So how many grams <laughs> of protein are we looking at? I think like 20 or 15. I actually don't know that off the top of my head. I was more going to go usage occasion. It's good for breakfast because it's a light breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's a good snack and it's excellent post-workout. Time for a break. We have rattled on way too long. We've got great guests coming up. You're going to love the show. You're listening to The Natural Underground. Welcome back to The Natural Underground. Hey, we're here in the studio, and we are so lucky today to be joined by exciting people from Bitsy's Brain Food. I just like to Why'd like, you look at me? Justin's I'm not like, the exciting one. I'm not the one doing the intro. <laughs> no. All right, we're, so we're lucky to be joined by Maggie, one of the co-founders of Bitsy's Brain Food, and we talked all about this product in the opening segment. It is so good, so delicious, so nutritious. And she also has with her Channing, who's the director of field marketing. So tell us about the product. What is Bitsy's Brain Food? So Bitsy's is really fun, healthy, nutritious snack food for kids. Yes. Um, We started the company with the idea around making food that would appeal to kids, make healthy fun for them, and really um, put in all the nutrition and education that we could into one box of cookies or crackers. You guys, I read the story where you were off shopping, right? And, or at least, you know, this is such a classic natural food story. We were off shopping and you were unhappy with what you could find in the store. I think the line on your website was, is, you, you know, there's healthy things that didn't taste that great. And there's the places that are all cool and fun that they weren't very healthy. Is that kind of the impetus? Is that how this all began? That's definitely part of it. And, um, you know, it really, it started for Alex and I, we ran a national youth organization together for years um, called Generation On. And it was really about empowering kids through service to make a difference in the world and address issues that were affecting their own lives. Like a kid's Peace Corps? or Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like do, doing actual projects in their communities and schools. And one of the big programs that we ran was around childhood obesity and health and wellness. So we built a curriculum, kindergarten through eighth grade, and sent that out through after schools. And we had these kids becoming these little ambassadors of wellness <laughs> and really making it fun. And um, that kind of sparked the thinking. And then we realized to the story of being in the grocery aisle that it was a little bit like you said, like Goldilocks and the three bears, like this was this, it didn't fit. This was that, it didn't fit. And where is like the place in the middle, you know? And you found it. And then in terms of what you guys developed, talk about the products, because I think of it in three categories, right? Crackers, cookie and cer- cookies and cereal. Yes. Is that it? So how did you develop each one of those? And tell us a little bit about them. Um, So when we first started developing our products, we were really thinking about this idea that every moment in a child's day is a chance for learning. Um, So we wanted to create a product that had kind of a playfulness to it and an educational spin. And we started with our cookies with that, um, which are alphabet shaped. And the idea was kids would be learning their letters or spelling words while they were snacking. Ryan's still learning those. He uses the (laughs) cereal. That's exactly how he's learned to even speak. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, they're, yeah, they're totally fun for grownups too. I mean, who doesn't love spelling out clever phrases? Yeah. But, um, so that was, you know, when we started with the cookies, that idea and um, this, this kind of belief in teachable moments. Um, we also wanted to put the fruits and vegetables front and center. And we really start with our ingredients and everything that we do. 
Um, so we didn't want to sneak the vegetables in on the kids. Instead, we wanted when they were out buying it or seeing the package and you know, able to read the package after they learned all their letters with us, that they would be able to read the word sweet potato or zucchini. I thought that was so interesting when I first sort of learned about your brand. And we were talking about this as a group, that idea that you're not hiding the veggies, that if you hit kids early enough, and let me rephrase that, you never want to hit kids. Mm. Let's say, let's do a volume service. Yeah, veggies you early never enough. want to hit to, to kids. And when you talk about again, introducing them to the idea of the veggies early, and that they associate it with all this fun and personality and flavor and taste, then that's You're something they them. look for the rest <laughs> of their life versus tricking yeah. them by having it buried in, in there. The or mashed trying potatoes to, or something. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was, is that part of the, the whole mission statement, part of the value structure of your brand? It really is. I mean, helping everyone to come to love great ingredients and realize that they can be delicious in any sort of context. You know, it doesn't just have to be called snickerdoodle to taste yummy. So you have many products available from the raisin cookies to the cereal to the crackers. Which was the first product that you launched or did you launch them all at once? Mm -hmm. No, the first line that we launched was the cookies followed by the cereal and then most recently our crackers, which I have to say are currently my favorite. Oh, there you go. They're all your babies. They're all my babies. I love all of them. So you're talking about the ingredients, but I also noticed um, you have a lot of, uh, like this this is made in a nut-free facility. Um, So can you talk to your commitment in terms of creating the product and ingredients? Yes. Uh, So much of what the product is comes from all of our experience of years and years of being on really the front lines working with kids and schools and youth organizations and just the need to keep kids safe. And part of that is really being aware of allergens. Um, Alex, my co-founder's son, actually has a nut allergy also. So it is a personal issue as well for us. Um, And then, you know, I think it's just a responsibility thing. You want kids to be able to be in the classroom and be safe. Um, and I'm actually seeing it more and more with adults. I mean, I should say a lot of adults love snacking on our products, Of course too. they do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we're seeing more offices also say, you know, we have to be nut-free because there's a nut allergy. So I saw on your website you have a whole section to giving back. Um, can you talk about the organizations that you support? We do. And that, I mean, really comes out of, I guess, the authenticity of our journey from Um, You know, we grew up working in nonprofit, both Alex and I, and actually Channing and I, when we first met in a Whole Foods store, our conversation really sparked around nonprofit too. So I think it's something that we're all really passionate about. Um, We started with a program called Giving a Bitsy Back, where schools and community organizations can write in and we donate product directly to them. And that really comes from knowing, you know, firsthand working at places like a Boys and Girls Club or a community center, you don't always have the budget for organic food. And a lot of times I think it's the, you know, They're their own mini food deserts. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. yet that's where they learn. You're going to develop those habits early on. Right. And that interest and curiosity. Exactly. Speaking of your website, you've got a ton of recipes on there. Who's the mastermind behind these creative ideas? (laughs) Um, A lot of us participated in it. Um, Several of them really came from inspiration that um, were things that actually my mom made growing up. Um, I went to a really cool uh, sort of hippie preschool in the 70s and, you know, (laughs) not to age myself. Where was it? Um, In Atlanta. I grew up in Atlanta. So, yeah, this this school, our school t-shirt was, have you hugged me today? So, you know, we made lots of good (laughs) granola-y foods and stuff. Since you're from Atlanta, we were talking to Channing earlier and she did not, if I say a phrase to you, I want to see how Atlanta you really are. Oh, okay. All right. So the phrase is, a hospital referred to as the baby factory. 
Oh, yes. And, and so is that Northside Hospital? That you, is. You've heard of that, right? I, I have. Well, That's he Northside was born Hospital. at that Northside Hospital. Oh, my Hospital. goodness. Yeah. yeah. Small yeah. world. So I was running this by this pretend Atlantean or Atlanta resident. I didn't know. Uh, Channing, and she had never heard of it. Two wow. and a half years is not enough. Yeah. Colony right now was born there as well. Yeah. Oh, All there right. we go. Way to be popular. Yeah. Yeah. This is Very called good. the personal history part of our show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love exactly. it. Exactly. Well, I'm know deeply uncomfortable with it. Yeah. <laughs> so you have great, fun, clean packaging. Can you talk about uh, what the process was to kind of tangibly articulate your vision onto a package? Oh, gosh. Well, we're always still trying to do a better job at that, I think, because we try to say a lot. And um, I feel like our company stands for a lot in a way. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to break it down. I mean, I think first and foremost, we're really trying to communicate about the ingredients and the fun and the nut-free, um, the things that we feel like are most important, mm. the vegetables. Um but, you know, it's when we first started out, we had kind of a lot of ideas around Bitsy and our characters. And I think the industry has actually evolved a lot. Like there was a lot of conversation around marketing to kids and whether or not it was okay to put kind of characters on packaging when we were first dreaming up the company. Sure. It goes um, back to a lot of, you know, they had beer commercials and stuff, remember, where they would yes. use characters and people would kind of freak out, like, what are you doing? Those right. cigarette you're, companies. The were yeah, cigarette, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. But your your product is very different than that. I oh, mean, yes. it's sort of, uh, you know, bringing a little bit healthier eating to kids. It seems like people would give you a lot more leeway there, Oh, yeah. They? And I yeah. think it's evolved a lot. But, I mean, yeah. that creating the characters was a big part of our message there. And Alex and I actually wrote a children's book together and... um we then, you know, we so we started creating all those things. We created a lot of interactive games that you can actually mm. play on our site. And then we quickly realized how time consuming and complicated navigating retail was because, again, you know, remember we were coming from community centers and schools and all of that. And suddenly we were diving into the grocery store aisle. And mm. so Bitsy has sort of lived on the packaging still and, you know, is kind of still like this little side piece with the book and other ideas around her. You're actually building a team of folks around the country then to go out and kind of help promote the brand. Mm -hmm. Is that is that right? Absolutely. I think it's been a tremendous experience the last six months or so. And um, as Busy continues to grow, we are just building this fantastic team with hardworking, motivated, and really passionate people to kind of take our mission to the streets. And it's something that's been really exciting to see over the last Gosh, it feels like over a year, but it's really just been a few months. So, well, this um, yeah. is so good. We're going to get into that. That's the perfect transition for our second segment. When we talk more entrepreneurial side of things and how you built this brand or are building the brand. More with Bitsy's Brain Food when we come back. You're listening to The Natural Underground. back to the Natural Underground. We are so lucky today to be joined by one of the co-founders of Bitsy's Brain Food, Maggie, and the Director of Field Marketing, uh, Channing. Uh, ladies, welcome back to the Natural Underground. Thanks. Thank you. So tell us a little bit as we kind of switch to more entrepreneurial topics. Tell us a little bit about your own personal backgrounds. How did you, we'll start with you, uh, Maggie, how did you end up um, even getting interested in launching a food product? Um, well, it really came out of working directly with kids and Alex and I's experience in the childhood obesity space and youth development. Um, we just felt like, you know, we, we wanted to do something that was not just for profit, but also not just nonprofit, um, making a difference in 
food and health and wellness for kids. Um, we were just so inspired by the work that we saw um, in schools when we were actually trying to get on the ground and affect change. And we also, as moms, just saw that there really weren't the choices that we were looking for in the aisles. Where, so you grew up in Atlanta. Where did you go to school, if you don't mind me asking? Wahoo uh, University of Virginia. Okay, very nice. Hooray, hooray, And then were you, <laughs> we got to get some, like, the, the song in the background for that part. Um, how did you, were you a business major? What, nutrition? What kind of, how did that path work for you? Oh, my goodness. Well, I always say that the, I am very passionate about storytelling. Okay. So I think that kind of drove a lot of um, my interests. Right. Always. Um, I double majored in English and theater and minored I'm in art I'm a theater history. major. Oh, what cool. Up? There you go. Thespians. Yes, <laughs> forever. Um, and funnily enough, um, Alex, my co-founding partner, also was in the English and theater space as well, um, and then went into nonprofit, both of us. Um, when we met her, we have a mutual friend who introduced us, and at the time I was running this nonprofit called Children for Children, um, which was really about empowering kids through volunteering and service. And our mutual friend said, you've got to meet this woman. She wants to start an organization exactly like Children for Children, now Generation On. And um, Alex and I met and just, it was, you know, like soulmates. We had just kind of been on a similar path in many ways in terms of the things that we cared about. The timing just lined up perfectly. Yeah, so we ran the nonprofit together for a number of years and it actually was acquired and we were both having our first babies, and we thought, wouldn't it be so nice to just have our own business while we're having our babies? And then we can control our own schedule, and it'll be so manageable. It'll all oh, so easy, really easy, <laughs> this is I think. Perfect. Yeah, easy. Because yeah, starting easy. a business yeah. and having small children, both yeah. easy. Yeah. I mean, that's what people think of when totally. they think of both. So, uh, Channing, how, what was your background? I know you grew up in Florida. Is that right? I grew up in Florida. I've lived up and down the East Coast. I went to school in Nashville and lived in Philly. Where did you go to school in Nashville? I went to Belmont University. Oh, you've got a nice. friend there, Ryan, right, yeah. at Belmont? Yeah. Big singing, big Dude. music school. Great school. Huge Great music city. school. I told music Love is it. their thing. And yet right? Ryan can't figure out that he needs to talk in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually right in front of me. Yeah, they're sharing a mic today, so yeah. it's a little bit of a challenge. You I don't need it. to hear his voice. I'll and then what did you study in school? I majored in communication studies, so uh, pretty pretty broad. Uh, but I right. focused in journalism and also Spanish. Uh, oh, very right. de football. Miami, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I play soccer. Uh, what? Uh, that's the only two lines I know. And plus, I know hey, how bueno. to say seven forty-five. It's like ocho menos cuarto. No, no, no. Uh, ocho's eight. Okay, well, that's what I said, yeah, 7.45. It's like 7 minus 15. Oh, look at Ryan trying to weigh in. Yeah, okay. Surprise. I'm taking the mic away. <laughs> yeah, Whatever. just remove the mic from this guy. <laughs> Goodbye. How did you get connected with uh, Bitsy's Brain Food? <sighs> it's such a great story. Um, I primarily have a background in sales, marketing, a little HR, uh, but I've really been attracted to the social mission uh, behind most brands, companies, or organizations. So it's really taken me across industries, uh, yep. which has been a great experience. I met Maggie, as she referred to earlier, in a grocery store, and uh, it was kind of a love affair from there, too. What a meet-cute. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it was. Uh, Adorable. Very cool. So I let's, followed her into the parking lot, basically. Not, that's stalking. In a non-creepy that's way. That's stalking. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Scary mm. call the Come join the team. Kenny, if you're being held kidnapped, just wink once. You know, wink <laughs> once, and we'll get you some help. <laughs> so let's fast forward for a minute. Every brand you know, kind of has its ups and downs. Can you talk to a particular down where you felt like, we asked this of a lot of companies or a lot of entrepreneurs, 
when you sort of felt like, what am I doing? And then how did you fight through that as you're building a, a brand? Because building brands is, is tough. It's tough work. And it's okay if you feel that way sitting here with us. Yeah, this may be the down. <laughs> this may be the lowest point is just this experience. Uh, no, it's funny. Alex is actually at a presentation today because, of course, you know, always trying to meet with investors and doing yeah. all this. You know, and um, I put a slide into the deck actually last night with the quote, today is, today is dark, tomorrow will be darker the day after tomorrow, the sun will shine. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I, and I think of it, having a business, it's like planting a seed and the seed is underground and it's dark and it's just trying to grow and trying to grow and trying to grow and you're getting a little bigger, a little bigger, bigger. And finally it starts to come out and see the sunshine. Um, and I think the experience has been like that. Look, what was the first retailer you got in? How did that, what did that look like? What did that process look like for getting in the first time? So who did you go sell your cookies, you said, first? Yes, yes. Who'd you sell that to the first time? The amazing, amazing Wegmans. Oh, um, wow. That's mm-hmm. one of the best grocery, natural-friendly grocery chains in America. I love them. Yeah. Awesome. Now, how did you get in front of them? What did that look like? Um, well, Alex and I went to the Natural Products Expo West very, very prematurely. It was actually a total mistake in hindsight. <laughs> but um, we basically had our mock-up boxes and prototype cookies, and we ended up meeting... Um, Joe Pucci, who was at Wegmans, and um, Eric Mathis was there at yep. the time, and Art Adamson, and um, they had com- come by our booth, and we ended up having a conversation, and we actually, we were baking our first full production run, and that bakery ended up closing its doors the oh. day before that production for Wegmans. Oh. Oh. So we, Wegmans panic, was- Panic time, I Oh imagine. yeah, that was yeah. one of the dark moments, yeah. but you know, th- that happened early, so we learned there would be many more to come. Operations, uh, production, yep. the biggest challenge. So, but we were we were grateful for that experience because it kind of taught us to hold back um, more and you know wait till we really had figured out a lot of the operational hurdles and not just you know jump in. So Wegmans was very patient with us, and for a long time we really were just in Wegmans and then um, several local Whole Foods stores, and then we started to grow inside Whole Foods too. And then once you kind of got that going, how did you did you feel good about the early? sales, the early turns, the movement of it, or did you have to goose it a little bit? Or was there a period where consumers were trying to figure out what is this or how did that Oh Yeah. I mean, I think everyone, many people at first thought we were crazy for putting the vegetables front and center on the packaging and not hiding it. And now that's like a trend that I feel like has many people are doing, um, you know, and kind of wish they weren't. So we were still the only ones. (laughs) But um, (laughs) no, I mean, I think it continues to be just very much a process of, meeting consumers, you know, and letting consumers learn who we are. Um, I heard something great the other day that everyone probably knows already, but, you know, that today it's really about brands' loyalty to consumers versus consumers' loyalty to brands. And that's, I think, the part, in some ways, I think it takes a longer time to to build that, you know, and meet all the people and connect with them and really show them who you are authentically. And, um, so I feel like we're still really trying to do that. Um, but the the experience at Whole Foods Market has been tremendous this past year with launching the crackers there, which is our newest product line. And I feel like more and more people are starting to you know learn about our products and yeah. try them. You guys are following that. that you're right. And you're a pioneer, one of the pioneers in putting that ingredient deck sort of right on the front in effect, not hiding anything. Mm-hmm. You see it now. It was, I think of RX Bar. Oh, yeah. Where they put... These are the four or five things in it. It's right on the front label, and it is so 
on trend the way consumers want to be dealt with in a very straightforward way. Yes. So that that's brilliant. Um, you guys have a little bit of a challenge, I would imagine, in that when you target moms, right? Because you, know, uh, you have the there's the word of mouth thing that works for you by definition, right? One wants to tell the other. There's play groups. There's all the things where they share that information. But then you also have people quickly, at least at some point, aging out of your group mm-hmm. that you have this community group that you're building of users. How do you? Is that part of the answer that they keep on? the kids kind of grow with it and they keep on snacking anyway. How do you keep them into the franchise? We are actually really working on this right now. So I feel like there's going to have to be a part two to this where we'll have to come back and fill you in with where we land on that. Um, But it's something we're really actually deep in process of digging in on. And, um, you know, we kind of try to say two to 102 (laughs) is our audience, but it's, it is a real thing. Yeah. well, I saw on your website you can buy product directly through your website. How big of um, a chunk of, well, I guess you can't tell me specifically, but how important is e-commerce to your business? It's, I think, tremendously important. Um, again, just connecting with consumers and obviously the direction that so many things are going in, um, being out in front of that is huge for us and a significant area of focus. If you're doing field marketing, one of the measurements that we always look at to see does a brand really have mojo mm-hmm. is is the reaction of people that try it the first time at demos at right. sampling tell us about that experience because i bet with this product just based on uh, you know our eating uh, the product it's delicious i bet it's pretty been pretty amazing it is and especially with the smart crackers which we just launched um it's really a fantastic product um people are surprised by the concept of putting fruits and vegetables and celebrating them rather than hiding them yep i think the moment that they try them they're they're reaching for the next flavor so they really try all the different flavors that we offer and i think they're pleasantly surprised every single time yeah Uh, usually people walk away from our pop-up shops or our demos with three four boxes in hand which is great for bitsies yeah but it's 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 a great interaction and i think you know the social mission behind the brand and just telling the story and talking about why they're smart is it really makes people stick around the table and we find people hang out around our booths for a while uh, which makes it always really fun. Yeah, that's when you know. That's when you know. <laughs> so we love asking our brands, we've asked this question probably the most of any question on the show. When you were starting the company, what do you wish you could have known? Like if you could go back in time and whisper something in your own ear in a non-creepy way, <laughs> what would that be? <laughs> the thought that goes through my mind as you say that is like that I feel my hair turning gray while you ask that question because that's there's just everybody's like reaction so many things. Ryan yeah. <laughs> so many things. So many things. I mean, a phrase that always resonates in my mind because it wasn't really how we operated at first um, was to go, you know, an inch wide, a mile deep versus a mile wide, an inch deep, and being able to plan and control around that. Um, I think that would be something. And I, I mean, I've never been a person who's afraid to go in and ask for advice and help with things. Um, but I wish that even earlier on that we had been more structural around some of that process. Um, but, you know, it's it's funny because I think sometimes your naivety is your best asset with going forward in all of this. And, and, of course, it also is like your biggest weakness or 
I think it's the only way you could make it through it is to be a little naive or you'd be so scared off. Yes, yeah. You know, you mentioned wanting to come back on the show and talk and give us an update on some of the things on how do you keep the consumer in the franchise, all that. We want you to do that. So whether by phone or next time you're back in Austin, please do, because this has been so great. It's really wonderful. Um, uh, Last question, if folks want to know more, What's your website? How do they get a hold of you? What's any major social media sites they should follow? Yes. Um, well, please follow us on Instagram at Bitsy's Brain Food or on Facebook, um, Twitter, uh, Pinterest. Um, and our website is Bitsy'sBrainFood.com. Bitsy'sBrainFood.com. Thank you so much for being on the show. This has been spectacular. Thank you. All right. Time for a break. When we come back, we are going to dive into the world that everyone else has dove into, which is the Amazon acquisition of Whole Foods. A lot of ways to look at it. Everybody's got an opinion. We're going to organize four or five things we think are the most interesting. You're listening to The Natural Underground. Or I can drop you a line every now and then. It's up to you. Welcome back to The Natural Underground. Look, we debated using our final segment of the show today. We debated, didn't we, Jesslyn? We argued. There there was fighting. There were punches thrown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Throwing hands. Verbal insults. I threw some food. You threw some food? It got weird in here. (laughs) Now, as part of this conversation, joining us to get his take on each of these five interesting takeaways, we have the president of sales and a partner at the Touch Agency, Aaron Henderson. Aaron, always, as always, welcome to The Natural Underground. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah. So here are the five that kind of you and I, Jesslyn, Ryan, all sort of looked through and thought of all the comments, these are at least worthy of discussion. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily endorsing these. It's more, in fact, we're going to kind of debate them a bit, but it's more interesting little observations made in the industry. So here's number one. Amazon is and will be the new owner of Whole Foods, but it would not surprise many of us to see a third party try to wedge its way into the deal, some sort of last-minute offer from one of the big grocery chains. And then the thought of this particular person is, given a 480 or in that range billion-dollar market cap, it's hard to imagine anyone kind of outbidding Amazon mm-hmm. if they wanted. Do you think, uh, Aaron, there'll be any, I mean, who knows, right? But will there be any last-minute players to try and sort of, if nothing else, drive the price up? It's a great question. I think the industry chatter for a lot of years now has been someone like a Kroger was going to come in and and, and take a hard look at Whole Foods, and for all I know, maybe they have. But I actually don't see a third party coming in and challenging this deal. Uh, I, I kind of joke about it. My son wears a T-shirt, you know, says, don't poke the bear. I don't think anybody <laughs> needs to poke Amazon right now. That uh, They're probably not going to win, right? No. However... I love this deal, and it caught a lot of us uh, you know, by surprise, I think, at first. But the more you think about it, I think the more it makes a lot of sense. You look at what Whole Foods typically has struggled with, whether in reality or just by perception over the years, uh, pricing, efficiency, supply chain, inventory management, even that kind of whole paycheck monitor that may or may not be fair. Well, what's Amazon good at? They're great at efficiency. They're great at supply chain, inventory management, you know, pricing, being consumer-centric. So in a lot of ways, the, the two of these organizations may be a perfect marriage. It really does seem like a perfect fit and not one that would have been so easy to see. Mm-hmm. But to your point, and I think those are awesome comments, it probably makes a world of sense. 
and has other people kind of shaken in their yeah. boots around the industry. Like Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors. At first you thought, can you have too much of a good thing? Apparently you can. <laughs> well, a little sports that's, that's minute. That's been a sports minute with that's Jay a little, Parks. That's a little sports <laughs> minute. You're talking to Aaron Henderson, who loves basketball more than almost anybody uh, on the planet. So I'm sure he's enjoying that. All right. Number two. Conceptually and logistically, this move will probably validate the option for consumers, maybe who are on the fence to say, yeah, I know I buy, you know, electronics or I get something, some clothes or something shipped from Amazon. But now they'll start to look at it and say, wow, maybe at least my dry groceries and to some, for some folks perishables, I'm going to start looking at that as a, that sort of delivered to the house uh, Amazon as a legitimate option. I mean, the majority of Americans are not early adopters on things. They just like to see someone else beginning to to do it. And then eventually they say, well, I guess this is the way people are buying their groceries now. Do we think that that's going to be this this action by itself actually sort of validates the concept of, of groceries? So you mean Amazon taking advantage of Whole Foods uh, aura of healthy and fresh. So now that'll be associated with yeah. So, okay, that's what you're saying. Yeah, I think that's what the this, this mm-hmm. particular okay. individual weighed in on. What do you guys think, Aaron? I, I I struggle with this one. This is this is one I've I've heard from a variety of folks. Um, I don't I don't understand why this encourages any more than Amazon already has. I mean, you break Amazon into a couple of parts. You have Amazon Prime, which even if you're not an early adopter, it still seems like everybody's using that at this point, right? You're, you hear about Amazon Prime now at dinner parties. I mean, everybody talks about Amazon Prime buying birthday gifts or toilet paper, whatever it may be. On the other side of that is saying Amazon Fresh in a much more urban, dense area like New York. And Amazon Fresh hasn't taken off quite the same way I think some of their other initiatives have. So does Whole Foods and this acquisition, you know, change that? I, I don't know if it does. I mean, you think about all the dry goods and the dry groceries. Amazon's already carrying that. You can find, you know, whatever it may be, right, macaroni and cheese, Band-Aids. It doesn't matter. Amazon has that. Those are already available through Prime. So I'm not sure the Whole Foods piece changes that all that much. I don't see why that would change consumer behavior, at least at the rapid pace that's been kind of bantied about so far. So in other words, maybe the trend continues to head that way, but this particular deal probably doesn't really accelerate that movement any faster than it was going to happen anyway, right? So that's interesting observation. Yeah, we're already going down that path. Does this jumpstart that anymore? I mean, maybe a little, but I don't see that it overhauls the industry. What I liked is when you said macaroni band-aids. I thought that was one product. I had never macaroni and cheese band-aids. I've never, <laughs> never you kinda of take care of whatever your little injury is and then later it hey, sort of I'm, morphs I'm into mac you, and I cheese. I got a little kid at the house here. There we may have had a bowl of macaroni and there was a band aid in it. That may be the future. All right, number three. So we can get through these five. And and again it, this may be a a, a su- there's a subtle level of subtlety this question and that some of this movement is happening anyway, but will it get more dramatic? And that is that physical whole food stores begin to evolve to be more of a, a destination shopping for perishables like vegetables, fruit, meat, seafood, bakery, as well as prepared foods and take-home meal solutions. Well, we all know that that's, that's kind of the heart of whole foods anyway, right? You mm-hmm. go there and you have the two thirds of the people are over in the prepared foods area or they're shopping in amazing, uh, you know, uh, veggie and fruit uh, produce area. Mm-hmm. So the theory is that whole foods will begin to evolve for the future by saying 
This place is all about shopping experience. We're going to have to expand on that, make it even richer, and then maybe some of the dry groceries slowly get a little bit less space and become more of a, a, you know, hey, you'll get that on your own from wherever. It doesn't matter. So many other retailers are carrying those kinds of dry groceries that are natural and organic now. What's your thought on that, Mr. A. Hendershot? Yeah, I think you're seeing that trend take place already. More and more uh, consumers are shopping the perimeter, whether it's, you know, prepared meals, deli area, whether it's produce. So that, that trend is, is happening already. Uh, you know, retailers can go through and start to devote more space to that, squeeze dry goods a bit. Although on the dry goods side, you know, in many cases, the margins are pretty good for retailers. You have long shelf life, so, you know, spoils are less. So there's also some efficiency in having dry goods. So they'll have to figure out what that right fit is. But there's a changing marketplace happening, and, and that's the fascinating thing I think we're seeing. You're seeing retailers long before this deal really start to consolidate, and there's just less retailers and headquarter calls to go to. So what does that mean for, for a consumer? You're seeing that take place, though, with convenience stores, uh, with natural food stores, with conventional grocery. A good friend of mine, for example, she is a, a female and a vegetarian. And I asked her one day, I said, hey, when you travel for work, you know, where do you go to get a, a decent you know, vegetarian meal on the road? That's got to be tough for you. And she really changed my perspective when she said, oh, I always go to a convenience store. And I said, why do you go to a convenience store if you want you know, a vegetarian meal on the road? She said, I always know I can get a fresh banana and an energy bar. And it was one of those moments when you're like, wow, you know, Convenience stores struggle with attracting females into their store. And here's a woman who's a vegetarian who is seeking out these places because she can get the fresh standard items she needs. So I do think there's this dramatically changing marketplace, but it's not just in conventional retail. It is convenience in a lot of other areas. I'm going to skip. I love that. It's so interesting to see how people come up with their own solutions for whatever, however they eat. We're going to kind of skip over number four because you and I have talked about this offline. And number four is about does, does Amazon, in an effort to try and get uh, their fresh business going, find a way to logistically use Whole Foods stores to kind of supply uh, that end of it? And uh, to, just to, because we only have about a minute, I want to get on to point five. I think you and I both agree, and you, you brought this up, Aaron, on conversations we've had. I just don't think that Amazon needs help in that area because they're so good at logistics. Mm-hmm. That's their core competency. So I want to move on to five and, le- and let you weigh in on this one. The move, this whole move, this, this whole discussion will shake up brands across the industry as they realize maybe they aren't well pos- positioned or prepared for the, the movement towards e-com that a lot of brands will start to look at this and say, wow, we've got marketing, we have sales, but we really aren't well positioned for e-com. Uh, if in three to five years, e-com is 20, 25% of volume, do you think that there's going to be sort of an overreaction or a fear in the industry based on uh, brands not being prepared for this part of the business? I think we're seeing that already. You know, the, the topic of conversation at any trade show or meeting seems to be, you know, what's the e-com plan? Certainly relevant for any business, even perishable items today, if you're running a brand. Now, having said that, what is the end goal of a brand? It's to meet consumers where they want to be met. 
that may not only be e-com, it may not necessarily just be Whole Foods or conventional grocery or convenience store. It may be home, home deliveries, uh, meal plans. It may, it may be snack boxes getting delivered. I mean, consumers are wanting to be met now in such a variety of areas. It's hard to pinpoint just a percentage. on If we're not doing 25% of our e-com, you know, business is e-com, boy, we're in trouble. That may or may not hold true. Directionally, it's probably accurate, but I think there's a broader thing taking place. What this is going to do is force other retailers to take a hard look at their business and possibly reinvent. I'll use a great example. So Fred Meyer, Division of Kroger here in the Northwest, they do tremendous business. They have great natural and organic sets as well. They launched um, this idea of click list. You go online and you plug in your order and you show up and somebody brings it out to your car. It costs $5. And some of our friends were complaining, boy, $5, that seems like a waste of money. And I said, yeah, but it, it saves you an hour of wandering the store and shopping. They had three bays where you would pull up. Within a couple of months, they're now up to 12 bays, and they're always full. So as we look at how this applies to, say, a Whole Foods, I, I, don't, I can't read the tea leaves any better than anyone else, whether Amazon is using Whole Foods to deliver fresh produce or whatever they may do. But what I will say is there's a lot of ways and opportunities for retailers, brick and mortar, to be creative, to rethink the model and say, we have good foot traffic. We have good stores. Let's just make this easier, more convenient, and better for consumers. That may be home delivery or may make that retail experience even better. Either way are probably viable. Man, that's such a good, good, good perfect wrap-up. Aaron, it's great having you on here listening. We are all looking at each other thinking, well, Jesslyn wasn't, that we have to have you on more often. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, uh, so we want to do that. But thank you for your insights. Thank you for weighing in. Um, This has been really good. We'll get you, got to get you back on fast. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. No, thank you, Aaron. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks to our guests, right? So we had Aaron Henderson on just now from the Touch Agency. We had some wonderful folks from uh, Bitsy's Brain Food on earlier in the show. Yes, thank you to everyone. Thank you to everyone. That is our show this week. Uh, Thank you for listening to The Natural Underground. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, please email us at info at thetouchagency.com. Follow us on Facebook. We appreciate you listening. See See you you next week. See you next week. I'm watching the moon catching.